0: On a dark night in a remote wooded location, children sleep quietly to crickets chirping, birds calling, and water gently running near their campsite. In a nearby camper, a woman sleeps soundly. Without warning, an unknown force causes tremors in the camper, throwing the woman from her bed. The shaking becomes uncontrollable, and a white light sears through the window, blinding the woman as she screams in confusion and terror. As quick as it all began, the chaos stops, the shaking over, the light gone. It dawns on the woman, a mother, that her children are sleeping outside. As she scrambles to her feet, she hears her son Kevin scream for her outside. She gets to the door, and upon grabbing the doorknob, is met with searing pain in her hand as the doorknob, metal, was burning hot. Kevin still calls for her and she scrambled for an oven mitt that had been thrown to the floor. She puts it on and opens the door. Kevin is standing there and says, still screaming, Mom, Ruby's gone. The mother takes her son by the hand as she stumbles out of the camper and begins desperately calling for her daughter, Ruby. Her cries echo into the night and are met with silence, except for the wind in the trees. This is The X-Files, Season 1, Episode 4, Conduit and you are listening to The Tape Store. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And of course, this is the tape store. Yes. (laughs) And on a really dark, cold night. Like tonight. Yes, we are actually, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we are in our living room.
1: Which is not our norm.
0: No, because the tape store, as we call it, the little the little sunroom, solarium, whatever that's attached to our oh, house. Oh, I like
1: solarium, that makes it sound way yeah. fancier. Well it's
0: thirty five degrees out or thirty seven or which, something like that.
1: Which to Southerners is below zero. Which
0: means it's like a few more <laughs> a few more degrees in the tape stores. <laughs> it's essentially a porch that I think they built. It
1: was it was it was it was an elongated porch and they they created a little sunroom out of it and it's great, but because of that it's not insulated. So yeah. it's it's literally fine. really yeah, any other time. it's either really, cold. Yeah, it's either really
0: cold or in the summer it's really hot. Right, but so. we've got a fan, so like that can work yeah. True.
1: So basically, the winter, we're like, mm, Yes. I'll but pass. we are out
0: in our living room where it's warm. Brooke has a blanket. Yes, I do. We're Always. On our, we're on the couch. Everything is nice and comfortable, as it should be, because we are on a journey tonight. Yes. In another episode of The X Files, which, again, one of the greatest shows in the 90s, and I think still the greatest sci fi show ever. I feel like I'm. In re- my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I'm re. I'm rediscovering what makes it so good as we rewatch it.
0: Oh yeah! Like I,
1: I realize I, you said it earlier, but like when we're watching it, like man, this is ahead of its time. It really is. It really is. The issues it tackles, um, the things it brings up.
0: Yes, it, it's awesome. It really is a timeless show, in my opinion. It is, and again, it takes us back to what I what I still see and feel mm-hmm. is a simpler time. The, it was indeed the '90s. Uh, conduit is the name of this episode again yes. the fourth episode of season one it aired on October 1st 1993 and is directed by Daniel Sackheim now let's go right in okay, okay. we open up on FBI headquarters Washington DC we, we've had our we've had our mystery presented to us right uh, a missing girl yes we don't quite see what happened we just saw the shaking we saw the light
1: yeah we saw her there and then we saw her gone
0: right she's there sleeping at the <clears> campsite <throat> next to her brother. You know, then craziness and, you know, we're only in the camper during that time. And then, of course, comes out and there, Ruby is gone. There's Kevin, you know. And now we're at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., in the J. Edgar Hoover building. Right. We open with Agent Scully receiving travel information for her and Mulder's next case, which is in Sioux City, Iowa. We talked about how, you know, the Midwest, the, the first episode, I think the pilot episode was... Was in Idaho. So, yeah, well, kind of I mean, out like, there.
1: it seems like alien stories and cornfields kind of go hand in hand. So, there's a lot of these it's that happen true. in the Midwest, I've noticed.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't
1: like see, you don't hear like, you know, a guy in New York's like, hey, I got abducted by aliens. You know, I mean, right. it's not but really
0: where these remote locations are, where there's a lot. <laughs> Which of, that makes sense. Yeah. There'd be,
1: pri- there'd be, I guess, privacy.
0: And I think maybe also just you would notice more of something that's paranormal in with,
1: a small town in the Midwest. Or,
0: yeah, or some. I don't want to say desolate, but um, remote. Yes, mm-hmm. area. Whereas in New York, things are already strange. being in New York or being in Los Angeles or, or just a big city. Yeah, really, any big. There's city. There's so much going on. There's so like, there's so much noise and people. Right. It, it just it seems like you notice more in places that are yes. You know where it. I guess not so much goes on, or there's more places where there's not a lot going right. on. The Midwest has a lot of land and national parks and all those things. Yeah, exactly. Right? But this is in Sioux City, Iowa. Scully flips through the documentation. We see a newspaper clipping with the headline Teen Taken from Tent by Aliens. Ooh, good alliteration. Right. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> good tabloid. English
1: teacher me was like, okay.
0: The supervisor, who's kind of the seems to be their FBI supervisor. Right. Who, he's giving Scully this file. He seems condescending. He claims Mulder is trying to get a case number assigned to a tabloid headline. Scully is perplexed. That Mulder, who she has seen in a short period mm-hmm. of time to be a brilliant man and a good agent, right? She she's perplexed that he would want to base a case on a tabloid,
1: right? Because that's not the Mulder she knows,
0: right? But the sur- or we know, right? But the supervisor hands her a file that he believes reveals Mulder's true intentions—a much larger situation, a right. deeper situation. It's a file. She's on- like an X file, right? On a Samantha Mulder of Chilmark, or Shillmark, Massachusetts, Mulder's sister, who disappeared 21 years ago when she was eight and he was 12. So, We've already heard something.
1: Yeah, he in, was it episode so one? Yes, I was that a pilot. he kind of divulged that to Scully in their that hotel room when they had was, no power. Or yeah, whatever. it
0: was a very definitive part of his life. Yeah. And it seems to fuel his passion for the unknown and his quest for what we call the truth.
1: Yes. Right? Whatever that may be.
0: And we talked about that. You know, there's the truth arc, and there's the monster of the week, which mm-hmm. we had a monster of the week. We, we just, you know, the last episode of the X-Files we covered was Squeeze, which was oh, so good, incredible so episode, good. You know? And I, I'm looking forward to doing some more of those. But we're, we're back in the truth arc. With right. This, right? The truth of what happened to Samantha. The truth of if we're alone in the universe. You know, the truth of are there aliens and UFOs, and are we do we have knowledge in the government does the government have knowledge right of this all these questions that that Mulder has comes from his sister's disappearance right Scully recounts the story to her supervisor that Mulder had told her all this you know again which we heard during the pilot episode Scully still defends Mulder because she cares about him and he cares about her and we've seen this we we've talked about this And
1: Mulder's also proven that he is not he, he doesn't make a baseless claim ever any, if he makes a no, claim, it is based on research and evidence that is compelling.
0: And he's just sharp. He's just a sharp yes. guy.
1: And she, and, and yeah, even his hunches, though, yes, they're going to lead to something. Right. So, sh- and, and she knows this about him. So she's like,
0: ah, yeah, so she's this defen- isn't yeah. sticking, just the crazy Mulder well, thing. Because the supervisor's like, I'm ready to deny this. Right. I'm ready to deny Mulder's request for a case number. And Scully's like, no, let me talk to him. Right. And I think, to one, talk to him. Mm-hmm. Because Scully has her convictions. You know, we've seen time and time again in just these first few episodes that she doesn't just blindly follow Mulder. No. She has questions. She asserts her convictions. Right. So I think she wants some evidence from Mulder, but I do think she wants to buy him some time. I think she doesn't want Mulder to get denied something.
1: Yeah, and she also, having had that really personal conversation with him, I think she's like, if I can allow him to at least see. Right. you know if i can allow him to at least kind of look into this and probably in her mind even just to to shut it down you know i think she i think she feels like she's gifting him with that
0: yeah absolutely she believes in him
1: because she's very she's you know they're both they're, they're i mean we've talked about it they're both so affectionate for each other so quickly
0: right well she goes to Mulder's office and of course they have a conversation kind of tense you know Scully's wanting some more evidence and she wants Maybe something not so in her um, skeptical, you know, debunking frame of mind. She'd
1: like some cold hard facts. She'd like
0: some hard facts. But Mulder goes his trusty slide projector (laughs) and shows images of a UFO sighting by a Girl Scout troop in Iowa in 1967. Amazingly, one of the girls who sighted a UFO was a young lady named Darlene Morris, who is now an adult. Right. Who is now a mother. Of Ruby and Kevin. Ruby, the girl who vanished. Darlene Morris is the mother. So this is... This is connect- a bombshell. Yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> one of the bombshells, yes. So we are immediately taken to Sioux City, Iowa. The agents arrive to the Morris residence. And they're welcomed by Darlene. She's warm. She's Yeah, kind. she's real sweet. She's not...
1: She's your typical Midwestern mom.
0: Yeah, and she really is desperate to find her daughter, of yeah, course. of course. And again, she's she's like, man, I, I didn't think I'd get the FBI here, but she's happy to have someone listen to her.
1: Yeah, I take her seriously.
0: And we're going to talk about that a little later, mm-hmm. about, you know, what Darlene has been through, being, right. being the little girl who saw UFOs, or a UFO, right. right? But her son, Kevin, the little boy who was present at the beginning, is silent and withdrawn. Mulder looks around the home. And he focuses in on the Morse family pictures and seems more than just interested in Ruby. Right. There seems to be a connection. He doesn't just see Ruby, right? Right. He sees Samantha, it seems. You can just tell. Oh, of course. He's kind of stroking the picture. Yeah,
1: he's seeing this connection. He's like, oh, man. Yeah. I I know this feeling.
0: Right. So they interview Darlene, and she asserts that the same phenomena she witnessed as a child... Took Ruby. She's convinced. She's like, right. "What happened to me as a kid? It is, it is the same thing." She seems shocked too that Mulder isn't just kind of taking the you know right. t- taking the answers down. He's invested in her story as if it were fact. Because of course,
1: yes, she M- doesn't know that he has the same story.
0: Scully, of course, our favorite skeptic, looks <laughs> doubtful. Like she's looking at Darlene, kind of like, really, right. And Darlene pegs her on it. She goes, you know, I've been telling this story for years, and I always get the same look from people, and you have it. And I was mm. like, ooh, <laughs> Scully. I know. But I think spending so- – but, you know, Scully is very uh, – she's very resilient. Like, she's very comfortable with who she is. She's very secure in who she is.
1: Yeah, she's actually also very um, – w- w- in that, she's not like, well – she's not rude when she thinks no. someone's not, lo- like, not telling the truth. She's just like, this isn't meeting – my criteria right. for belief, so I just yeah. I, I can't give you that. But she's not—I don't know. She's not mean though. She's not mean about it.
0: I think it becomes—it it, it always seems to become personal for Scully, of course, with Mulder because she cares about Mulder. But she does approach every situation not being personal. She generally yeah. approaches situations as an agent, right? Right. So she's being an agent here. She's being a great agent, but she's, she's being agent hat on. But she's got her agent hat on, <laughs> right? Mulder. Is, has his agent hat and his personal hat. This is all personal for him. Yes, oh yes. Mulder does talk to Kevin, and he's very good with him. You know, he's good with kids, Mulder. And Kevin's doing something really strange. He seems to be writing in binary on a notepad, which is, when I mean binary... Like 0101
1: zero zero It's one, so.
0: like zero zero one 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 zero zero one right. one. If you've seen The Office, then you know...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dwight.
0: Uh, that uh, Dwight knows... Binary, but if you're familiar with computers and digital language, then you know that computers and digital language is in binary. It's a code, right? It's computer language. Mulder asks what it is, and you know, again, Mulder. The thing about him is, just because he's asking questions doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't know something. He just so, may want to hear how you tell. He it. wants to know how you tell it. Yeah. This is part of mm-hmm. Mulder's brilliance. Yes, you you nailed it. Mulder wants to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. He usually knows the answer. I think he knows it's binary. He
1: does. Of course, he does.
0: So Kevin says he's writing what's coming from the TV, which is on but showing like white noise. Remember, you know when TV? Oh yeah, when, when, when all the end? when all the stations were d- done, it would play the national anthem at the end. And yeah, then, and then phew, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, you wake up at like 3 a.m. and it's right. I can never,
0: I could never, <laughs> yeah. never had that stay on after Poltergeist. I didn't you know, see it. it and I'm glad where, I yeah.
1: didn't see it when I was little because it would make I would have not been okay. It would
0: make you happy that we just have the the blue screen when there's no yes, signal. Yes, yes, yes. So the agents then question local law enforcement, who think Darlene is a quack. The local sheriff, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, the UFO lady, right?" Mulder scrutinizes the local sheriff for his dismissive approach to the case. Well, and
1: he's also not just dismissive of her; he's very dismissive of Ruby.
0: Right? He thinks Ruby, who has this pension apparently for being rebellious, mm-hmm. has run off. She's run off with some dude. Yeah, food. He,
1: he, in so many words, says, "Well, she was asking for it." Right. And it's, it, you can tell Mulder's like, "Ah." Mm-mm, and maybe no. for a
0: local sheriff who knows his constituency, who knows his people, it's like, yeah, you know, I guess for him it's a safe bet to to be able to assume that. Oh, of
1: course, but it's still, like hor- horrifically wrong, right?
0: And also, when we watch the the X Files, mm-hmm. we see we, we deal with Mulder and Scully going all over the country, yeah, dealing with a lot of local law enforcement who never quite know ever who they're dealing with oh, no. with Mulder. They don't realize it, and they it was think it just a suit. Oh gosh, it was the epi- it was the second episode. Yeah, when he was the abducted one about, and about, she was like about Budahas, Yeah, and she went and
1: she like went she went full like like die hard right. on freaking whatever his name was. It was
0: episode 2, yeah. Is that when when Mulder was yeah. taken?
1: But I mean they 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 used this model to I feel uh, show a commentary. Right. Of on the some of the issues with police work. In various places, it's not you know, it's not in all one place. It's issues that do arise, and yeah. there and and you know, we have Mulder and Scully who are very forward thinking, very progressive. They yes. have the you know the right mindset on and, things, and they
0: they're always like, listen, you can't look at everything right as if it's what it seems to right. be at, at well, the surface. Well, if anything,
1: but especially with this stuff. Right,
0: but it's just funny, you know, the these local people like you guys don't have any idea you're no. dealing with. You're dealing with like these not only these two great FBI agents, but they're dealing with things that are so beyond the scope of of, re- of regular life. There is a lot
1: going on, right, in their in their minds.
0: I mean, by this point, they've they've dealt with agents and military agents from that are covering up UFO secrets and uh, fought a monster, like a legit know, tombs freaking monster, right? And but so, yeah, by all means, exactly. We,
1: you know, we, we didn't we we think that Ruby just is gone somewhere. Yeah, Ruby's
0: <laughs> just run off with a boy.
1: Like, bro, if we're here. Yeah, up
0: right. As they leave the sheriff's office, they get a mysterious note from someone to meet them across the street. It says, meet me across the street or something like that. Right. You know, it's just <laughs> kind of scrawled on a piece of paper. They run over and they meet a mysterious young lady through the bookshelves in a library. Right. The woman has information on Ruby. The night she disappeared, she said she was supposed to meet a guy named Greg Randall who had gotten her pregnant and that they had plans to leave town. The woman then dashes off quick. It's kind of like a, I call it the Batman exit. It's when you look away, like they hear a noise, and Mulder and Scully turn, and when they look back, the girl has disappeared. I'm like, only Batman can do that. (laughs) But so many people do that. Yes, it's true. I guess you could call it a superhero exit. True, yeah, yeah. But I don't know why I just attribute that to Batman. Like, he's there, and then you turn, you look, and he's gone. Aw, it's yeah, just, it, was the, call, it was
1: the dang. I, well, what's funny about that moment is that <laughs> this, I I was watching the I guess librarian right behind them. Oh yeah, and she looks just so irritated when she drops the books, and I was right. just like, and I and i looking at her, made me mad. I was like, what yeah. are you
0: doing? Right, and she you caused, ruined it. Yeah, she caused them to lose the young lady who had who was acting very strange, and With her mama's family looked and self. was was giving very uh, veiled information. It yeah, was, it, no, was it was of, it
1: was very clearly. Uh, she didn't want to give them everything that she had.
0: Exactly. So now, not only do we have we lost the young lady because of the klutzy librarian. Yes. We have another problem. We have a disputing story in the plot. So we have a story that no doubt Scully will want to accept. That, right, that, because it's that got facts behind Ruby it. Ruby has either ran away or has, or has been or has something has befell her that is explainable.
1: Right. Because they you know, the, the cop explained that based on Ruby's history, she, you know, went out and, you know, got drunk a lot, you know, right. said he'd find to on the side of the road getting sick. She, you know, he said he quote, had pulled her out of lots of parked cars. So sure. he is making a judgment on her right. character s- based on these things. And not that Scully is, but she is using the facts no, to but her she advantage. She is a detective. Right, right.
0: Uh, she's an a federal agent, she's investigating, yes. she's being a detective. She wants to accept she's gonna to want to accept this. Mm-hmm. And Mulder's gonna to have to stumble over this yeah. now. He has a stumbling block. We have to go find this Greg yes. Randall, though, right? We gotta find out who this Greg guy is. So where do we go? We go to the <laughs> run of the mill biker bar.
1: The Pennsylvania Bar.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the biker bar that you see. What's the Pennsylvania bar? Isn't
1: that what it's, called? it's called the Pennsylvania pub, isn't it?
0: Is that what it was called? Yeah. Why I ain't They're in Iowa? Look, well, they, they gotta strive for something. Well, I cool. When you've seen one biker bar, a, when you've seen one biker <laughs> bar in a movie, you've seen them all. This no, it's is, true. But I think because I, this bar confused me with the other bar
1: they went to with just, the lady with the UFOs in the previous right, episode. No, this
0: is a biker bar. It is filled with just these straight up bikers, straight up bikers that are intimidating and rough looking dudes. And it's so funny to see <laughs> these two people in suits. These like that that couldn't be more different. Seriously, but for some reason, the person that. I can't help but laugh at watching walk in there is Scully. Yes. And here's why. She doesn't seem intimidated and she's not. She's not. She's not intimidated by no, it. No. What it is not is a she's chance. just like this is not my scene. This is not my thing. This is
1: not at me. I am in a pantsuit. I yep. do not need to be here. I
0: don't like it here. <laughs> Scully, it's, not, it's like I don't have an issue. Mm-mm.
1: She's not comfortable necessarily.
0: But I don't like I it I just here. prefer to not do I this. just pre- prefer to not go in.
1: <laughs> and uh-huh. of course
0: Mulder is
1: He's he's hi, he's yeah. hyper focused. Yeah,
0: he's hyper focused. You, you got forget it. it. He's got the tunnel vision, so he could go. He would go anywhere. I feel like
1: Mulder's on the spectrum.
0: It, it, it's possible. I really feel like well, he might be, which would he, be cool. Actually, it would make sense, right? Who knows? But he has tunnel vision. Scully does not. She sees the peripheral. It. it and
1: they I, have a great balance. They do. That. I just they love, really do. I love them.
0: Mulder. That's it, you, though. It, you're, ma- you're the hyperwoke. But my two ma- views. maybe something would scare him. He wouldn't notice it, though. No. Scully, though, actually sees the scary stuff and it doesn't scare. They have two different types of bravery, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. I just love how Scully walked in. I'm just kind of looking around like, Ugh gosh, I do not want to be in here.
1: Well, I just think, too. This is for, a waste of my time. Exactly, and I think for Scully, it says a lot about her because she is not a, because you know, very early on the first episode, we talked about how she's kind of a woman in a man's world.
0: Yes, I, I would say that's but true. But
1: she's not, She is. they're not doing the cliche thing where it's like, oh, whatever, I hate all men because, ugh, whatever. No. She's like, yeah, I'm a woman in a man's world, and guess what, I freaking made it. Yeah, she and did. you don't and she you don't scare yeah. me at all, and I and it's not cocky, it's not arrogant, it's just there is a comfort and an ease, and I'm like, yeah. yes, honey, I yeah, love it. She doesn't I love it.
0: She doesn't act. She doesn't make a point to say I'm trying to overcome this. No, run.
1: she's like, no, I've, I've, like, for me, I'm, I've she overcome. Just, it. She
0: just does it, and that's that's how you. Yeah, be.
1: that's the thing. She doesn't act like there's anything to right. overcome. She's like, no, it's fine. I'm here.
0: Excellent, and, and y'all can sit why, down, which is why she overcomes it. I love you, Scully. So they go into this bar, right? Had to get, had to get, had to talk about that. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So they're looking for Greg, Greg Randall. This that's such a stock name right. too. Sup- yeah, I know. it's like John Smith, supposed boyfriend <laughs> of Ruby, the girl who is missing. So they talk with a bartender, played by actor Donald Gibb, who I immediately remembered because he was in this movie <laughs> called Bloodsport with Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's a gross. karate, it's a martial arts karate movie, but. He is perfect for this role as yeah, the biker yeah. bartender, was he not? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yes.
0: He doesn't know where Greg is. He looks
1: is. familiar. Yeah. He might have been in bit other yeah, like he, bit roles and other stuff, other stuff. Yeah. but I didn't know exactly yeah. who he was.
0: Donald Gibb. So, he doesn't know the bartender. He doesn't know where Greg is, and Greg apparently worked there, and he's like, well, if you see him, tell him he's fired, right? Uh, <laughs> so, he doesn't seem to have any so knowledge, So, he seems right?
1: to be a little bit of a yeah. not fantastic subject B- Maybe now. not.
0: But Mulder notices a UFO tattoo on the bartender, and he asks him about the tattoo, and if he believes in UFOs. And Mulder, again, asking questions because mm-hmm. he wants to hear the response. So he plays devil's advocate. He actually acts like a skeptic. because He's like, "Oh no, nah, that's 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 just a bunch of you know." <laughs>
1: and Scully's like, "What?"
0: Yeah, Scully's looking <laughs> okay, like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Okay." She's ready to go. Like Scully is kind of turned. Like <laughs> I'm ready to leave this bar. It's
1: like the it's like the mom that I have my purse yeah. on my shoulder, and I'm like. All all right. I'm ready right. for my kid to be
0: done here. <laughs> yeah. The bartender then brings up a location. He's like, well, hey, if you don't believe in, you know, Mulder's like, I don't believe in that, right? And the bartender goes, well, if you take a ride with me to Lake Okaboji, maybe it change your mind. This is apparently this this UFO hotspot, I guess. <laughs> so he's got this tattoo and says... You oh, need-
1: yeah, and then he in yeah, his ear.
0: And, and then he, yeah, and then the bartender pulls his hair up, showing something very interesting, a severe burn scar on his ear. Remember? Mm-hmm. The doorknob. The doorknob, right? Got real hot. He invites the agents again. He goes, take a ride out there with me sometime, right? (laughs) Scully is simply ready to leave the bar.
1: Uh. (laughs) <laughs> she is the mom yeah. in, at, at the arcade. Yeah, she's not
0: like Mulder Let's go. She's like, how long do I have to? Anyway, we yeah, could yeah. we could stay on she, that. What, yeah. What's
1: sweet though is that like the she, shade
0: the shade she's throwing Mulder oh, in the yeah. bartender is great.
1: But she she indulges. She lets him have his day. Yes. So we love right. we love them.
0: So back at their hotel, the Stay and Save, <laughs> Mulder and Scully. That's where <laughs> Why they're staying. Did you say it like because that? Because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> the Stay and Save. The Stay and Save. I, I don't know. We we'll have to look that up later. Oh see if that's God, a real like change. A rosebud Inn. Yeah. So, at 5.30 a.m., Scully's asleep, and she wakes up to two shadows at her door and the doorknob rattling. Suddenly, the door is kicked in, and a group of unknown men ask for Mulder. I mean, she's in there in her full, like, button-up nightgown. Oh, N- yeah. Not nightgown. Uh, she's, like in, the, she, she's wearing the, ni- the matching the, nightshirt and nightpants. Yes! I love it. Which, nobody wears that, do they?
1: No, and I always I need want to, get, to. I need to get a set. I want to, just because, like, why yeah, not?
0: Yeah, so, so we can feel like we're in a movie.
1: Right, so I can be in Home Alone, basically. Because most people just
0: wear, like, like oh, something mismatched. Yeah. I don't know, I like, have a few sets of things, but I don't have, like, the button-up.
1: No, I need to procure a
0: pajama yeah, set. Right, That with buttons. Yes. I don't have the buttons. Yes. I have, like, some Star Wars and things that are sets, but. yes, yeah, same. Well, who are these guys, right? They're federal agents, but they're not with the FBI. They're with the Mm-mm. NSA, the National Security Agency. And they want the document, the piece of notebook paper that Kevin was drawing the on. Child's drawing. The child's drawing. With the binary language. Yep. Turns out the code is a fragment of a defense satellite transmission. Yikes. Apparently. That and this th- kid is just literally yeah. downloading. Yeah. And they, they, want, they want to know who wrote this down. They want to know the source of who wrote this code down that apparently was intercepted from some defense satellite. Mulder refuses to give the information, but Scully... True com- to form. Completely innocent, though. Not trying to... No, She's never. not trying to flub the investigation. She's just like, I'm doing my job. She tells them that it's Kevin Morris, the Morris kid. So back at the Morris home, we see the NSA agents ransack Kevin's room, and Darlene and Kevin are taken away by agents in custody, likely to be questioned about how right. how does Kevin know about this? You know, obviously apparently this is some kind of national security thing. Right. Mulder and Scully can do nothing about this. And of course, because of Scully's inadvertent blunder, mm-hmm. Darlene is very she's upset. She's angry. Yeah. Very of course. Upset. I mean
1: it's her it's I mean, yeah. Lord, I mean they're taken out of her home and then they're separated. Right. And you know, she and she's already lost a kid.
0: Yes, exactly. This
1: is incredibly traumatic.
0: Mulder enters the home and criticizes the lack of care shown by the NSA in invading the Morris home, and that's when he sees it. He kind of goes in the house, and he's like, well, you guys, you know, take a lot of care in what you do. You know, he kind of right. throws them a little aside, but he notices from the second floor of the Morris home, looking down, he's able to see the roof of the camper has been completely scorched. It's like black.
1: Right. And they never would have even seen that.
0: No. No. So they go to what appears to be a federal field office of some kind. The code is broken down and it's found to be images of music, art, things from... Like snapshots. Yeah, but from like our culture, yeah. like things you would see on TV. Yes. Right? But somehow Kevin is able to understand these things via binary. This is bizarre. Yeah. That a kid can just, you know, there's something going on. He's getting something somehow.
1: He is, yeah, he's literally, it's like he, he's transmitting...
0: As Mulder and Scully leave the field office, they encounter Darlene, who is with Kevin, who's, you know, obviously has been released, and is naturally angered that they've been sold out by, again, inadvertently, Scully. Darlene tells Mulder and Scully, stay away from her, and she leaves with Kevin, and as they head back to town, Mulder is driving, you know, they're mm-hmm. going back to town, I guess, they're getting ready to go back to Washington, but Mulder changes course. Yep. Of course he doesn't tell Scully about it, and she wants well, to cause know. because
1: she'd protest. Right. She wants to
0: know <laughs> where they're going, and now we have... The Mulder moment. Yes. Which is, if you've seen our X-Files episodes in the past, uh, the Mulder moment is the hypothesis. Yes. That Mulder gives that is pretty much. It's usually
1: mostly correct. Mostly correct. With an eventual thing that maybe wasn't what he thought. There's
0: usually some surprises there, but Mulder generally is on the trail. Yes. And here it is. Here's the Mulder moment. Kevin is the key, according to Mulder. A boy who is receiving digitized data from a TV screen. In Mulder's mind, he's a conduit, a link, a connection to whatever took Ruby that night. Ruby was abducted, but because Kevin was there, he was somehow affected and given the ability to receive mm-hmm. transmissions, it seems, from something or from someone. Right. Or from someone's. Right. Scully's rebuttal is that there isn't enough evidence to substantiate the theory, which is pretty much always Scully's rebuttal. <laughs>
1: That's literally, she, they might as well just keep that part of the script it's, the same. It's, for her.
0: It's, it's not always to shut Mulder down. Sometimes it's just like Mulder, there's nothing we can do without evidence to substantiate it. Sometimes she's well, like, no, and, I'm and, trying to help you out by telling you, we just nobody's just going to say, oh, he's a conduit. Well, right. Great. And
1: she knows what she's there for. So it, right. if anything, it, one, it satisfies her, it satisfies her. Her need for facts, but also in in a way, she's like, "Look, you got to cover yourself, man, because they want to shut you down yeah. big time. So if you don't get some facts, but I also I think don't know that, what to tell you.
0: But I also think that whether she realizes or not, Scully is also on this journey. Yeah, not just with Mulder, she's on it. She is a willing partner in it. Mm-hmm. She she is, and and we're going to talk about that. Uh, I think a little bit at the end of yeah. the episode, I'm mm-hmm. going to say Scully isn't just following Mulder around. No, Scully is an equal. No, she participant. Well, she
1: she's, she takes her career incredibly seriously. But
0: she's an equal participant in this great quest. I think she's learning about Mulder, of course, and I think she's learning about the paranormal. But I think she's learning a lot about herself, exactly. And you know, of course, that's going to continue as the as as the as the X Files story unfolds. Right. But, so that's our Mulder moment. Now, where are they heading? Where they're heading to Lake Okaboji? Of
1: course. Where you else? Know, the UFO, <laughs> UFO hotspot Biker UFO spot.
0: In Iowa, right. They go to the scene of Ruby's disappearance, actually. Surrounded by bizarre trees that have been burned towards the top. Mm. Mulder finds that nearby sand has melted into glass, meaning that whatever came into the area that night was very hot. In fact, 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Lord. Enough to melt the sand into glass, burning the roof of the camper, singeing the trees, and somehow not harming Kevin.
1: Right. Which means that it has to be controlled.
0: Right. Right. And their investigation, though, of the of the area is interrupted by a lone wolf that comes out of the forest. Mulder gives chase, and the wolf leads him to a pack of wolves that are surrounding what appears to be a shallow grave.
1: Which I always thought, like, that's so interesting hmm. that a wolf, a lone wolf, comes out and, like... I, I'm like, is that like my, again, this is my English brain, but like, is that like, is that wolf like representing Mulder think, on this like quest? I think, and, I think
0: right now. Yeah. I think, Mul- I, th- I think you're on to something. I think, I think Mulder sees himself as the lone wolf because he relies on Scully, but I don't know if he's exactly, I don't know if they're in 100% lockstep yet. Not yet. Because there's going to come a time when Mulder and Scully are actually in lockstep with this stuff right
1: Mm -hmm. but they're they're not quite there yet but she is they're attached enough though yes absolutely you know yeah but i don't know i just was like for that to be what drew them into the woods or does Mulder see
0: himself was it was it yeah Mulder seeing himself did 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 he see himself in the wolf
1: that's what i thought that's what i thought
0: you know especially with his sister being gone he feels alone he feels that no and it led it, and
1: then it led him to a pack of wolves which you know again it signifies okay you're not alone and then a shallow grave which right. you know
0: yeah I don't know. that's I was interesting just,
1: i don't i don't really know that i have a full theory i just feel like that yeah, was very it, symbolic it, and they made a very deliberate choice to get a pack of well, white wolves also because to of M- be in the the show
0: well also because of Mulder's behavior when he approaches the grave he he immediately begins to pull rocks off the grave as if like he's going to find his sister in there right that's I, I mean that's, so, yeah. that's
1: that's that's that was the kind of desperation.
0: Yes, because Scully has to stop him and say, Mulder, you're disturbing a crime scene. Authorities not like right. it. Right. So authorities are called in and they discover a male Caucasian buried in the grave, his name, of course, Greg Randall, based on his ID and his wallet. So we have found Le Greg, boyfriend. Ruby's boyfriend. And Greg's wallet is also a note with the name Doctor Fowler on it. They compare the handwriting on the note to the note they were given from the mysterious lady right, mm-hmm. in the library, and it matches. So they got to bring it this mysterious that lady. So <laughs> the local sheriff, which, you know, he still believes what he believes, but he is helping. He, you know, so he brings in Tessa is her name.
1: Yeah, that's right, Tessa.
0: Yes. And as it turns out, she was the one who was pregnant, not Ruby. Oh, snap. And Greg was the father. So they we're in a love triangle situation.
1: Bit of a dalliance there.
0: Right. Scully, she doesn't even have to be good cop, bad cop. (laughs) Scully just says in a very monotone, (laughs) just slow way, if you lie to me, you're going to be charged with perjury, essentially. And Tessa begins to talk. Mulder accuses Tessa of murdering Greg and Ruby out of jealousy, and Tessa denies it. Now, I knew right away that this was not. Again, this was Mulder being a tactic. It was a tactic mm-hmm. because we know that Mulder does not believe Ruby was murdered. No, so for that him to, is not even on his so, radar. So for him to accuse Tessa of murdering Ruby, I knew he was trying to get something. So he he accuses Tessa of murdering Greg and Ruby out of jealousy. Tessa denies it. There's more to it, as we said. Mm-hmm. Mulder's pushing her, and it works. Out of out of just a, an emotional outburst in response to Mulder's, you know. Bad cop, bad cop routine. Tessa admits his accusations aren't true because Ruby wasn't there. How could she know that unless Tessa was there? Mm. So in the end, what do we find? Tessa killed Greg. Right. That we know happened. That's done. That part of the enigma, I guess you could say. So Tessa has killed Greg, and it seemed to just happen to have happened. Yeah. Right around the time this crazy thing happened with the camper,
1: it's just yeah, I guess coincidental.
0: But where's Ruby? <laughs> so we know that Tessa killed Greg. We know that Tessa was Craig uh, was excuse me. We know that Tessa <laughs> was pregnant with Greg's baby. Right. And apparently there was some kind of situation where they were Tessa, and and Tessa, and then Ruby, Greg and Ruby, right, and, and this ended up in some whatever. kind of lovers' quarrel where Greg is dead. But where's Ruby? Right. Mulder goes to question Kevin again, but Scully says enough. You're gonna you can't keep badgering this little boy. Right. And of course she says the magic words, right? This is all because of Samantha. And Mulder just kind of looks and
1: And and actually the way she said it wasn't ugly. It was actually no. very sweet. She goes, I know why you're doing this. She goes, I know. I know. Right. Like she gets very mom with him. Right. And but not in a condescending. Mulder way. Mulder is undaunted. But he but he just kinda he and he, he kind of has the typical kid response of like
0: I'm going anyway, right. Like, I know, Mom, yeah. stop. Well, it's, the, yeah, I, so, I
1: appreciated the way she handled it. It wasn't too mean.
0: Right. Back to the Morris home. The Morris home is eerily empty when the agents arrive. It seems that Darlene and Kevin left in. In in, in a rush. Something happened because the TV is left on with the white noise. Yes. A kettle is left on a burner, which is on, and Scully has to take it off. More notes written in binary by Kevin are spread across the floor. A lot of them. Yeah. Scully decides to check upstairs to see if she can find anyone when she makes an astonishing discovery and calls for Mulder upstairs immediately. Mulder makes it upstairs and from the balcony of the steps in the Morris home, they look down and see a clear pattern in the binary on the papers that are spread across the floor. And it's shocking. And what is it? It is ruby. It's an image, like a it's picture her, it's of her. It's her
1: face, and it's th- her likeness.
0: And again, how Kevin is able to do that.
1: Which I don't, which I mean, would assume that he doesn't know he's doing that.
0: Right. It, but he's, he's just he's, getting this, He's obviously. downloading He's that. downloading, Yeah.
1: And I told to I mean, obviously, this is years and years and years before, but it was very, it felt very Will Byers. Those right. of you who are Stranger, fa- uh, Stranger Things fans, it felt like when Will's scrawling on the papers and making the path yeah. everywhere, and he doesn't know what he's doing, but Joyce but figures, figures it out.
0: This yes. is
1: kind of that moment.
0: It's true, yeah. There, there was a few Stranger Things references. Yeah, this, that was that, this particular, because well, this kid's well, there like was Will. was Yeah, there was the kid being like Will. There was the binary that formed the pattern. Yeah. And there was a, a scene where we heard music. I was like, that sounds like the ki-, You know, the, the kid's theme. And again, I, I see Stranger Things and X Files and Twilight Zone all in that wonderful, well, yeah, because I mean, great. It's all shows. the
1: same. It's all it's all dealing with ultimately the same subject matter.
0: But they're so good because there's so much heart in the X Files, and there's so much heart in Stranger Things. There's oh, just for sure. it's really great. So it's not just sci-fi for the sake of sci-fi. And I've seen those shows. Oh, like, yeah. oh this is just like sci-fi, and it's, it, it might not necessarily be bad sci-fi, but I think. Really good sci-fi, and that's a whole other discussion. I know, really. But, like, really good science fiction has to have some heart to it. And that's a challenge. That's, you know, when years ago, the first time I saw Blade Runner. Oh, a friend man, of, a so friend, good. Yeah, a friend of mine recommended, he goes, watch Blade Runner. <laughs> and then come, come back when we hang out next time. He <laughs> goes, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so we, I watched Blade Runner and was completely blown away. And I went back and talked to him, and we had such a great discussion, and at the end he asked me, he goes, so do you believe that androids dream of electric sheep? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And he goes, why? I said, because even though they're androids or robots, there's some kind of heart in them. There's yeah. some kind of life associated. So what I'm saying because is- Because
1: then what, because that, that begs the question, what is a human? Why are they dreaming? What is human?
0: Right. Is it, I, is,
1: it, is, it, is it merely flesh and blood? Right,
0: and that's pretty much kind of yeah. what did. And he goes, that is science fiction and i was like wow so <laughs> Mic yeah. drop so, well it, and but that's true why science fiction is
1: so good. the it's one of its main purposes is to point at things that we're already dealing with but giving us a outlandish thing so that we can project it onto that and we feel safer we, feel, like, we uh, feel safer talking about mm-hmm. things that frighten us
0: like when, frankenstein would be yes, science fiction
1: exactly yeah yeah it would frankenstein back in the day because that was a conversation about is it right to create Is it right to...
0: Create life. Create
1: life specifically. Can we play God? uh, Right. And will it work? And is that safe? Right. And what what is life about being on top? Or is it about connections? You know, all those questions that are hard to answer when we're adults. It's not just some monster story. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So science fiction is meant to probe and to prod our human psyche in a safe way. Right. Because it's other. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think that with the X-Files here... I think the Monster of the Week episodes give you that exciting... We
1: still want the jump scare.
0: Right. We still yeah. like that. But I love the story arc of, of the truth because that's the real good science fiction.
1: Yeah. They trick you into the feels. Right. It's good.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> so so getting back to the story, the agents begin a search for Darlene and Kevin after they see this shocking image. Right haunting almost just it's it's almost kind of it's it was almost kind of scary i was it like was. Oh my well, because, god, because well,
1: because then you're like well, what does that mean what does that mean is like, she dead for sure is she like her, an alien right? god princess like right. what's going it's on it's just
0: yeah <laughs> as they drive we get more of Mulder's story which i gotta stop and say again that's another thing the x-files was good at was taking things that didn't seem quite scary but making them so haunting Yes. You know? But anyway, so, yeah, Mulder and Scully, they, they got to find Darlene. They're route. And Kevin. Yeah. As they drive, they're going to Lake ok- uh, Okoboji.
1: Yeah. That's such a funny name.
0: Because for them, they see that that's kind of like the ground zero. Right. You know, where the abduction took place. As they drive, we get more of Mulder's story about how his obsession with his sister's disappearance indeed fuels his passion for the unknown. They are interrupted, though, before Mulder can really explain any more by Darlene's camper on the side of the road. They soon find Darlene in the woods, but no Kevin. Scully stays with Darlene as Mulder looks for Kevin, and he finds him in a clearing, walking towards a strange, glowing light in the woods that's getting brighter. Yeah. So
1: orangey looking. we're thinking,
0: light. this is trouble. Mulder calls for Kevin, but Kevin doesn't respond. He just seems, Kevin's acting like... Kind of trance-like, yeah, like, yeah, like drawn he's, to it. Right. He's just walking out, yeah. He's walking out in the woods for a purpose, it seems. Mulder break, makes a break for him, though, and at the last second we see that it is not a UFO. <laughs> it is a pack of motorcycles, and likely our buddy, yeah. the bartender, is in the midst. But, he, but Mulder essentially tackles Kevin and saves him from getting run yeah, over by Yeah, because they this.
1: legit were about to hit that child. Yeah, they
0: wouldn't have seen him. After the motorcycles pass, Kevin tells Mulder that he knows Ruby is there. Even Mulder's not convinced, mm-hmm. but then Scully frantically screams for Mulder, from a distance uh, yeah, in the woods. Yeah. Mulder and Kevin finds Scully and Darlene and an unconscious Ruby. Crazy. Alive but non-responsive. Scully performing CPR. They get her to the hospital where Ruby is alive, stable, and awake. Scully is a medical doctor. Remember that. Yes. She's not just a good federal agent. No. But she is a... Because then
1: that, that's really yeah, her primary she's bra- a background. She's a
0: skilled, skilled medical doctor. Yeah. And she has Ruby's file, and she's kind of going through it. She's kind of telling Mulder what's going Mm -hmm. on. Everything was normal except for a high white blood cell count. Mulder asks Scully a very interesting question. Bear with me, guys. Get ready for these long words. (laughs) He asks, Mulder asks Scully, was there a reduction in Ruby's lymphocyte populations, or was there a release of glucocorticoids? Okay, okay. Two things. (coughs) Scully's looking down at the report, and she's shocked. And she goes, yes, both. And it's perplexed that how Mulder, who's like, why would you ask that? How would you know that? How would you ask that? How would you know to ask something so specific that's not even in your area of expertise? And we have another
1: bombshell.
0: (laughs) Both of those, the reduction in lymphocyte populations and a release of glucocorticoids are symptoms of prolonged weightlessness. And that astronauts suffer from similar symptoms, which can only mean one thing. She
1: has been up in space.
0: Yeah, for us true believers, she was in space. It's easy for us to make that connection to an abduction by some kind of alien Exactly, and Scully's
1: face is like, what...
0: I mean, Scully has no time to really rebut Mulder on this no. because they go in to see Ruby, and Ruby's upset. She She's not ready to really recount everything, but Kevin says he's there, and Kevin says, it's okay, they know, you know.
1: Yeah, because she's thinking she's being met with local, right. you know, local country bumpkins yeah. that are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're, we, on, you're, yeah, doing you're the same stuff your mom yeah, does. You guys da, are da, da, quacks,
0: da. right? But Ruby says something interesting. She tells Mulder and Scully that she's not supposed to tell what happened to her because they... Told her not to say, and when Mulder and Scully ask who they are, they're well, of interrupted. They're interrupted by Darlene, who I'm thinking man should be thankful they came. They saved her son's life. Her daughter they 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 right. saved her daughter's life. You know, Scully by all rights. Uh, saved Ruby. But, I
1: mean, I understand, like, once they tampered with Kevin, then the NSA comes in, so. Right, yeah, I know. I mean, when you're a parent, you know.
0: Well, uh, Darlene stops Ruby from answering the questions, and outside of Ruby's room, Darlene takes Mulder and Scully outside and tells them to stay away. Mulder wants Ruby to tell her story and tells Darlene, listen, this is a major thing that happened to her. She needs to be able to talk about it. She can't hold this in, and she can't lie about it, you know, it's the truth, mm-hmm. right? This is the whole thing. But Darlene, just happy to have her daughter back like any loving mother would. And we understand right. this. This is, the tough thing. this is tough because you understand Darlene. Well, she and a she's good,
1: already done this. She's already done the talking. She's yeah. done the stories, right. and She didn't yeah. cause her anything but grief.
0: Darlene is a good person. Yeah. And she's happy to have her daughter back, and she wants all this stuff to go away. As upsetting as it is, Darlene explains that she told the truth, but what happened to her? What happened to Darlene when she told the truth about what happened to her as a kid?
1: People didn't believe her. Right. She was and, and she was made fun of right. and, you know, mocked. And that's that's hard for anybody.
0: Yeah, and she doesn't want that for her children, and that as a parent, I understand. Yeah. But it's still tragic because Mulder is so close, but he cannot go any further yeah. with this. He can't As usual. He can't go this route with Darlene and Ruby and Kevin. So it's back to Washington. In one way, they got something yeah. but in another they're empty-handed in another way mhm because it's like it, it, for Mulder it was just simply more confirmation of what he already knew and maybe a step closer to do they have my sister
1: yeah yeah
0: it's confirmation but yet no real substance there right. you know stop short back in Washington we see Scully as she appears to be in an, in in maybe her office But she's got one of the great shoebox tape recorders that we love. And she's listening to recordings of Mulder under hypnosis. Apparently these are things that are filed away. Right. Maybe part of the X-File. Probably. On Samantha. Mulder under hypnosis is giving an account of his sister's abduction. And this is what we're hearing over the final images of this episode. As we hear this, Mulder is at a church. Which is interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because... At least up to this point, Mulder he seems to have a belief in a wide array of forces and things in the world. Uh, He he discounts nothing. Right, he just doesn't. He discounts nothing. Good point. Yeah, and and Scully is has a very very uh, specific conviction and faith. Yeah, but while at
1: the same time, what's funny is that Mulder has faith in every every possible thing. mm -hmm. Scully. Is really does not does not put stock in faith except in that one area. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah, they're very— She's very devout. Yeah, they're Catholic. very um, opposite in that way.
0: And mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting at the end that their roles were switched in that sense. Scully is looking at X-Files materials. Yeah. And Mulder is at a church. Right. Very cool. I think it shows that in some ways they're alike. Mm-hmm. You know, so we see Mulder in a church by himself with a picture, he's holding a picture of him and his sister's children and he's crying. And he's also angry, he's like slamming his hand on the pew, you know. So sad. And as we're seeing this, we're still hearing what Scully's listening to. So it kinda still connects them both. Mm -hmm. In Mulder's recording he says he can't move. He can only hear his sister calling his name. Then he says a voice told him not to be afraid. It's very similar to Ruby's experience. A voice told her Not to tell, right? Mm -hmm. This voice tells Mulder, apparently, you know, when he was under hypnosis, however long ago this was, told him not to be afraid and that no harm would come to his sister and that one day she'd return. The doctor asks Mulder if he believes the voice, and Mulder responds,
1: I want to believe.
0: I want to believe.
1: You know, I can't help but notice another parallel. And
0: he's in a church, too. That's something.
1: But the words that he's saying... That she said. Right. Again, we're in a church. We're looking at uh, stained glass portraits mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. And it's saying, don't be afraid.
0: Wow. Nor okay. ha-
1: No harm will come to me. I'll return. Right. You can't, I'm sorry, yeah, but I can't unsee I think the that, symbolism well, there.
0: I think that there's some symbolism, and I think that they're putting... And maybe
1: that's why he's in that church. It's also
0: it's it. It. a voice, right? A voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and was kind of like,
1: ooh, okay, okay.
0: I Well, I think... I feel like we're on the cusp of, underst- of maybe seeing... What they're communicating here, but I, I definitely see that Mulder's pursuit is definitely something spiritual. Yeah, as like well. I don't
1: think it's—I don't think it's saying it's oh him. I'm talking about God. I think it's saying that he can find that meaning right in something that's spiritual, like Christianity, right in this situation. And of course, I think and that, those yeah. are the words that, that brought th- those are words that bring comfort to probably people who go to that church, right? To hear about. It's okay. Don't be afraid. I'm coming back for you. But there and he, but that's that's the comfort he wants to hear.
0: Right. But there's yeah. He's the comfort is, you know, the voice is telling me not to be afraid. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Maybe she will be back. I don't maybe know. She'll be
0: back. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Because I love this. It's, Interesting. It says, "Do you believe the voice?" And Mulder says, "I want to believe." So. It's just it that that of, journey
1: is still on him. Him believing. It, it,
0: there's so many ways you can look at that and, and try to discuss it. You can. What talk do you about, think it means? Well, you can talk about the idea of belief. Is you know, is belief actually a thing, or is belief actually a desire too?
1: Right. Is right. believing something you can achieve, or is it Or, right. or is it always a in desire? Process? Right.
0: And I, I think, like that. Yeah. I never I,
1: thought about that at all. And, and and which maybe just just him saying, "I want to believe," is believing.
0: And yeah, is it a question of? Does Mulder's belief mm-hmm. have limits? I think there's an- another interesting thing before we close it up because right. we're getting towards the end here. I just think it's interesting because he's in a church and, and the do not be afraid and stuff are obvious mm. parallels to the yes, Bible. Yes, definitely. Being in church, Definite obvious. Illusions. But what's also interesting is in Christianity, the voice being, say, God, yeah. is benevolent and good. Is this voice good? Right? Ooh. So it's just, there's so many layers there. And I think they did, I think this is such a wonderful ending. I think it's one of my favorite endings. Well, yeah. it's it, just, As far as the depth and the meaning of it. It's
1: very ominous, but it's also, it it, it keeps us questioning after yeah, it's over. Yeah, and, and
0: seeing Mulder in this broken kind of... I bes- hate it. It's it, so sad. It, it's rare because he's usually, he's usually like one right. step ahead. Which Mulder's shows usually,
1: you, I think it humanizes him. It makes I, I you so. realize... Even our Mr. Believe has moments of doubt.
0: Yeah, I think so. He's
1: human, after all.
0: That, yeah, that's what I meant, too. I think it, it, when he says, I want to believe, because he's supposed to be the true believer, mm-hmm. yeah. is there places and there's is there boundaries to that? Is there, yeah. you know, this is why I love the X-Files. This is why I was so drawn to this show, because th- that's just so powerful, I think. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, and it's so much more than just a story about UFOs. Oh, forget it. It's great. I love that they layer the spiritual and, and questions about faith and, and all those things. And it's,
1: it's that's something, I mean, whatever, whatever where you fall on the faith spectrum, we can all relate to, what do I believe now? Right, what, right. I know what I did believe, what do I believe now? So that's, it's just a yeah, cool thing. Yeah, the things you
0: learn all, in, in the journey. Absolutely. Again, we have Scully listening to the tapes, and what she's listening to, we're hearing while we're seeing Mulder, so they're mm-hmm. connected by the truth, mm-hmm. or they're connected by the question. Yeah. Of the truth, or they're connected by, yeah, the question and the desire to believe and yeah, so all that we, stuff. Yeah, because
1: they're, they're flip-flopped in the spaces that Mulder should be where she is. Right. And theoretically, you she would think should he be would where be, he yeah, is. Yeah, you
0: would think he would be brooding over recordings and of him.
1: And she's actually... And I feel like, and I feel like they're both in, they're both in their respective places of faith,
0: to right. be honest. And they're learning, and maybe and also, I feel like that ma- is and Mulder's maybe also, they're, yeah, they're learning from each other. I don't know. They're I taking, love it. yeah. It's just so it's, deep. Yeah, I love it's it. It's good. So, okay, guys, it's late. I'm worried my son's going to come yep. out of the room. And we're or, back to school tomorrow. Yes, that's again. true. I mean,
1: we we're back today, but.
0: Yeah. So, it's a work night. Where can they find us so we can All wrap right. it up? If
1: you are on Instagram, we're at The Tape Store. Uh, if you're on TikTok, we are also The Tape Store. If you're on Twitter, The Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to drop us an email, the tape store Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, of course, we are most active on Instagram. So we'd love to hear from you. We love, love, love connecting with you guys and talking with you, even if it is about something completely unrelated. So please, please hit us
0: up. And also leave us a rating. It doesn't take long. It really brightens our day. You know. And it
1: helps other fellow nostalgians find us and, you know, yeah, yeah, perhaps maybe lets them know that they've got something cool they can listen to. Yeah,
0: yeah. And thank you for your time because yes. it's valuable and it's limited. And any time you spend with us, it means a lot. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate it. And we absolutely are happy to have you with us. So. And I do have two '90s relics right here.
1: Oh, that's we haven't done '90s relics in a hot minute. I
0: know we haven't. This is a Darth Vader figure from 1997, Power of the Force.
1: Is that the one that I found? Or no? I don't
0: remember. I have a bunch of Darth Vaders. Yeah, you do. Too many. <laughs> and this is Anakin Skywalker. What's too many. Yeah, this is Anakin Skywalker as a kid from 1999, Episode One. My he name's is. Anakin. Yeah, I know that one. He's a person, <laughs> and his name is Anakin.
1: I'm a person. My name's Anakin. Ugh. So I'd love you. All right, well,
0: we did have fun on our episode one. I love, yeah. love
1: those episodes. Are you kidding yeah. me?
0: A lot of fun. But all right, guys, you guys have a good night. <laughs> if you're in some place that's cold, stay warm. And no matter where you're at, stay safe and be good to each other. Yeah, be
1: kind to each other.
0: And we thank you for being with us here. And we will see you next Thursday with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia from the Tape Store podcast. And until then, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. The truth is out there.